Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. My idea of good company, Mr. Elliot, is the company of clever, well-informed people who have a great deal of conversation. That is what I call good company. Jane Austen, Persuasion. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And this week, I'm back. I'm joined by Hunter McClendon, who is the definition of good company. Hunter is behind the popular bookstagram account at Shelf by Shelf, and he's a good friend of The Bookshelf and of me. We are belatedly ringing in the new year today with our very own reading resolutions and aspirations for 2021. Hi, Hunter. Hello. Welcome back. I can tell I can tell whenever it's been a minute because like I'm like grinning from ear to ear like Christmas forget about it like like <laughs> recording with you is like my favorite oh it has been I feel like I haven't talked to you in weeks because Christmas I mean we texted and stuff but it's yeah. been a it's been a hot minute and I haven't recorded a podcast episode in four weeks so I feel a little rusty but we're here and we're alive. And in 2021, I mean, I'm feeling very Hamilton about it, but we are lucky to be alive right now. So, so welcome back. Uh, A mood. (laughs) So true. Um, Okay. So we are today going to talk our way through some reading resolutions. I try to set resolutions or goals every year. I will admit that in 2020 and then now 2021, it has been hard to kind of predict or gauge what the weeks, days, months hold. (laughs) Um, So resolutions have been a little harder, but I still made some and I always like to make some reading resolutions and goals. So I'm curious, let's talk past resolutions and goals first. Have you made like, I don't know, quantity goals or things like that in the past for your reading life? Yeah. Um, whenever, whenever I like first graduated high school and I was like getting back into reading, I was like, I want to read a book a week. And then it was like, I want to read a hundred books. And, and then like last year I wanted to read like 150, but then, you know, I got COVID and everything in the world like started crumbling. And so I think I read like 115 and that was like, which I still feel like is a credible amount. That is a really good number. I We've talked about this before, but a couple of years ago, I set the reading resolution to read 100 books. And whatever year that was, maybe it was 2019, I told myself never again. Like, mm-hmm. good for you. Never want to do that again. Maybe it was 2018. And then lo and behold, in 2020, without meaning to, and maybe partly because I read The Babysitter's Club, (laughs) I wound up reading like 118 books or something. But I like the freedom of not having a quantity goal personally, because life happens. Like you said, like you got COVID last year. And right at this moment, we talked off air, like I can't focus on anything. Like I, my brain, I was reading a book last night and felt like I was only processing like every couple of paragraphs. (laughs) Like I just, yeah. I, I don't know. My brain isn't fully into it. So I don't mind quantity goals. And I think a lot of times goals and resolutions are a good for you, not for me. Like you kind of have to pick and choose what, what makes the most sense for your life and for your reading life. But I have learned over the years that 
quantitative goals are not for me. Although I'm always impressed by people who have either quantitative goals. Like one of my friends has a goal to read a book a month, which she's a mom and she works outside the home. And like, that is, I think, admirable. Like, Mm -hmm. that's great. Um, And then I'm always impressed when I see like bookstagram accounts or bullet journalers. Like, have you seen these people who like show the data to their reading? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I wish I could do that, but it's... I like, I love, I mean, Olivia is the most data driven at the bookshelf, but I appreciate a good pie chart and a good organizational chart. And so when I see these people break down their reading, like into, I don't know, women authors, uh, books by people of color, um, books I read outside my genre or whatever, or breaking it down by genre. I love that. I don't, I I don't do that, (laughs) but I love it. It's one of those things. I wish I could hire somebody. This just says how lazy I am. I wish I could hire somebody to do it for me. Yeah. I mean, you're a bookstagrammer. You're semi-famous. You're working your way up in the world. I think it's possible. <laughs> I literally, somebody shared one the other day and I literally DM'd them because they said they didn't like their first one. I said, are you willing to like part with it? Because I'd buy it. And she was like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, you and I both keep track of our reading on Instagram. So I'll be curious if that has played a role in your reading resolutions. Um, but we have not talked about these at all. So are you ready to just kind of go back and forth? Yes. I'm Redrick Redrick. Okay. I have four resolutions. How many did you, how many do you I, have? I just have what comes in the moment. Okay. Okay. Then I'm going to start and we'll go back and forth. Okay. All right. So my first goal is one I'm excited about. I kind of got this idea from, and I I am so sorry that I do not know the name of the bookstore, but a few years ago at a book conference, somebody got up and was talking about one of the ways their store planned events was by picking an author for the year. And so if they were ever short on an event or you know wanted to plan something, but maybe it was a slow month or whatever, they would build it around a particular author. And they would focus on one author's books throughout the year. So I'm very excited because I've already even, this is nerd alert, but I've already kind of sketched out the next three years. (laughs) It's fine. But it was something I finally was excited about. So um, my goal for this year, for 2021, is to read four Jane Austen books. So Mm. one of my kind of book selling confessions is that although I love Jane Austen, I love the romantic comedy, I have been miraculously been to England, gotten to visit where Jane Austen once stood. I have only ever read Pride and Prejudice. And I'm not embarrassed by that, but I would like to change that. And so my author for 2021 is going to be Jane Austen. I have already treated myself to four beautiful this is very important, beautiful, but also readable copies of her, uh, of four of her works. So I bought a copy of Northanger Abbey, Sense and Sensibility, Persuasion, and Mansfield Park. Um, I'm already so familiar with the story of Emma that I decided I would be better serviced to read these books that I'm not as familiar with. So I am reading four Jane Austen books this year, or at least that is the goal. I thought by picking four, I could really kind of spread them out throughout the year. And maybe just when I'm not quite sure what book to pick or what book to focus on. I will pick up one of hers. And I've already, I think 2022 is going to be Toni Morrison and 2023 is going to be Wendell Berry. So I've already <laughs> I've already kind of got it sketched out because these are authors who come up a lot for me. But because I'm constantly reading frontless titles and trying to read new books, I feel like I, uh, other than Conquer a Classic, which you and I do together, 
I don't read a ton of backlist or classic literature. And so I feel like some of these authors, I've only read one or two of their works and I really want to change that. So this year is Jane Austen and I've already done my prep work by watching Becoming Jane starring Anne Hathaway. Uh, I have feelings, um, but that was kind of my my prep and I'm rewatching the Lizzie Bennet Diaries on YouTube uh, inspired by uh, one of my Instagram internet friends, Marcy. And now I'm going to read these four Jane Austen books. So that is one of my reading resolutions. I love that. I actually, I read last year, I read um, Pride and Prejudice, like, like actually, like I read it before, but it was the first time I'd actually concentrated on it. And then I also read Sense and Sensibility and I ended up loving them. And I actually, let me know if, I mean, if at any point, if you want to read Persuasion near each other. Yes. I, you know, I love a good buddy read. I mean, same. Um, my I, okay so one of my like actually this girl on instagram she was she said that um she's calling hers intentions because she feels like that's like a more gentle oh i like that and yeah like, okay. and we need some we need some gentleness i think in 2021 <laughs> for sure yeah so i'll say one of my reading intentions was was to read um so at, like at the i think starting back in 2017 i started to kind of pay closer attention to um, you know, like what, like what authors I was reading, like, you know, if I was reading more men or more women or how mm-hmm. many people and stuff. And then last year I noticed that I didn't really read any like neurodiverse authors. And I mm. also didn't read, uh, many books by indigenous authors. And so my, one of my intentions for 2021 is to definitely kind of fill that void a little bit more. I love that. Do you have any titles or authors in mind or have you have any been brought to your attention? Oh, I actually, yeah. So at least for um, indigenous authors, I asked on, um, I asked on Instagram and I got over a hundred comments of different recommendations. Oh, yay. Yeah. I could, but there's some that I definitely like Crooked Hallelujah that came out last year. Okay. Yes. Uh, that's when I really want to read. And then, um, the removed comes out this year, uh, but I can't remember the author's name, but I know that he he was a National Book Award finalist a couple years ago for Where the Dead Sit Talking. Oh, it's Brandon Hobson. That's Brandon what Hobson. I was going to ask you because I've got that book on my ginormous TBR, like one of my TBR shelves, and it looks so good. It's on my list. Uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed his first book, so I'll, I'll be excited for that one. I get well, and of course, everyone always recommends uh, Louise Erdrich, which I just feel like. Yes, that should probably go without saying. And yet here I am. And I still have not read The Roundhouse. I read I read that one. You, oh, you'd, okay. like it. you'd like it. It's really good. Uh, I Look, and this is why reading resolutions or intentions or goals are so hard. Because for me and for you too, to some extent, I f- do feel this. It's not even pressure. It just literally is part of the job. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I am constantly, and it goes back to the backlist thing. Like I feel like I am constantly having to read. Maybe we could read. I don't think we did any in 2020 because of COVID and that was re- reflecting recording stuff. But I would love to maybe do a, what do we call them now? Backlist book club. Yeah. Maybe we could do a backlist book club on the roundhouse, even though you've already read it. I'm here for it. Okay. Maybe I'll add that to the schedule. I love it. But yeah, that's basically like, I, that's basically my, is that so. And I, well, and I like that you were specific because at least in my own, forget book resolutions or reading resolutions in my own goals and intentions, it is helpful to me to be 
to sometimes be more specific about, okay, I want to read more widely, but what does that mean? Right. Okay. My next one is very much related to you, obviously, but also related to reading the classics. This year, our Conquer a Classic is Middlemarch, and I am so excited to read it. That is one of my reading goals because it felt pretty amazing to get to check off that big bucket list book of Anna Karenina and to get to check off another big bucket list book um, in the in the way of Middlemarch, I think would be outstanding because it it does feel so amazing to have gotten to read these big tomes during these very stressful times. And I liked the reading rhythm that that set for me as well last year. Like even though toward the end, I think you and I both uh, maybe felt more ambivalent about the latter half of Anna Karenina. It was still nice to know. It was almost like having I guess it was like having homework and I am a nerd. So I liked homework. Uh, so, it, but it was like having homework where if I didn't have anything to do with my hands or like I was in a reading slump, I knew, well, I still need to read, you know, book six of Anna Karenina. And so I like that this year I might be able to have that same rhythm where like if I'm in the middle of a reading slump or I don't know, I, or I need something tangible to finish and to do. I like the fact that we're going to be reading those eight sections of middle March throughout the year. And I've already got it. I'll send you the schedule. I've already got it all scheduled out for us too. That's perfect. Also, it's like so funny too, because whenever you were talking, I, in a way, the, the consistency, it reminds me, like, I feel like, you know, 2020 felt like, it felt like whenever, like, and I can say this from a, cause I was this, um, but it felt like being like a kid from a bad home. And then you have like the big brother programs of whatever. And it like, and they're like, they're the consistent. Yes. They're like the consistent figure in your life. Anna Karenina was the consistent figure in my life in 2020 for sure. Yeah. So that's definitely a vibe. And I'm, and I am excited for middle March because I think I've said this too many times, but uh, middle March is Lauren Groff's favorite book. Oh, I forget that. You know who else? It's also Lucy Stoltzfus's favorite book. Really? Yes, she is so excited that we are reading it. And I think Olivia is going to read along. And I don't know if you saw on Bookshelf Instagram, but a lot of people bought Middlemarch and are joining us in our endeavors this year. That is very exciting. It is very exciting. I I told Olivia, I was like, I don't know if Anna Karenina was just too big or if it was just at the start of the year last year and like everybody was in a different mindset because we did not sell that many copies of Anna Karenina. And then I posted about Middlemarch on Saturday and so many lovely people commented and bought the book. And so I think we're going to have quite a good little crowd reading along with us. Well, that is really exciting. And also, I do think it's funny because I like because I remember that we weren't really sure. We were like, oh, yeah, is it going to be between Middle March or Moby Dick? And literally, I don't know about you, but like nobody was here for Moby Dick. They were like, no. A few people. I mean, the statistically, like overwhelmingly, it was Middle March. I did have a couple readers uh, comment and say, like, I don't know. Um, Lee Kramer is a friend of mine on Instagram, she may be for you as well. But she commented and she said, actually, I did this in 2020. And I'm really glad I did, but I wouldn't want to do it again. (laughs) So I, I'm not like putting Moby Dick as a never will I ever. But I am grateful. Middle March seems more, more doable and a little less daunting for whatever reason. I get that. I, I will say one of my other reading goals. So last year, I last year, I planned on reading the entirety of Proust's Remembrance of Things Past. 
and which we talked about it's you know it's considered like one of the greatest pieces ever written it's like yes. a six volume novel that's over 2000 pages it's quote unquote the longest novel ever written and i read the first like swan's way i read that last year i read the lydia davis translation because i do love her translations of books but um i that literally the first 50 pages are about basically him in bed trying to sleep <laughs> And it's good. And like, when, once you get it, you do. But anyway, but my, my goal for this year is to at least read the second book, which I can't even remember what it's called, but it's something about, I don't know, some kind of girl in bloom or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> like girl you know, power or something. Okay. So this would be one of those things where you could read one a year and in six years, you would have done them all. There we go. See, that's much more doable. Okay. There you go. Bite-sized. If, if Anna Karenina taught us anything, it's that bite-sized goals are important. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm swinging more contemporary now. So my other goal, and I feel like this is often the case, but I do have a more specific quantitative goal this year. So I feel like I do a pretty decent job of reading nonfiction, especially though memoirs and essay collections. This year, I want to read nonfiction for the purpose of learning something. So I, ha I have picked the four books I want to read. I'll name them in a second. But I already read a fifth. Which, so I'm very, like, I think this is sometimes what happens is by setting these intentions for yourself, you also open your up, yourself up for wider reading. So I set this goal of reading four nonfiction books for the purpose of learning something or learning about something. And as we both know, um, tragedy struck in our country a couple of weeks ago. And so I immediately that weekend, one of the things I decided to do was to read a book called Cultural Warlords about uh, hate groups on the internet. And I read it in one weekend. It was not easy reading, certainly not for the faint of heart. Um, but I'm really glad I did. And so that's what I'm talking about. Like I want to read a nonfiction book that is going to help me maybe deep dive into a subject that I need to learn more about instead of just the sound bites that I'm getting through news podcasts or the headlines that I'm getting through news reading. Like I really want to, and I think this it speaks to my personality too. Like I really want to kind of go deep on a couple of subjects. So that being said, the four books that I have planned out that I want to read are Reading While Black. This is by Esau Macaulay, Jesus and John Wayne by Kristen Cobes Dumez, The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. This is a book Jordan has been begging me to read for years. And The Color of Law by Richard Rothstein, which was one of the books I really wanted to read last summer. And I did not, um, I did not finish it. I was not able to. And so I really want, instead of like setting, I think I tried to read The Color of Law in the middle of the summer last year. And instead, I really want these four books to just kind of guide me through my year. And to help me kind of deep dive the things that are happening in our country, the things that are for me happening in my faith and in my religion. Um, that's where Jesus and John Wayne comes in, Reading While Black comes in. I really want to be paying more attention. And as much as I love news podcasts or um, reading, you know, scrolling headlines on my phone, I also just want to do a better job of in keeping myself informed, maybe in a slightly uh, deeper more substantive way. So those are my four nonfiction books I would really like to read before the year is done. Oh, that is such a great goal. Well, you know, I think before I have set nonfiction goals for myself because I read so much fiction, mm -hmm. but I just, especially, so I set this goal before January 6th and then January 6th happened. And I think probably like most other people, I was at my house sobbing, watching the news, just 
absolutely furious and filled with lamentation and frustration. And I needed to channel that somewhere. And for me, reading is certainly a part of that. And arming myself with information. Again, this speaks very much to my INTJ Enneagram 5 brain, um, but by arming myself with information that then will enable me to have better in-person conversations where I'm not just repeating sound bites, but I'm actually, I don't know, like I want the people who talk to me to be able to trust what I'm telling them. And so by maybe arming myself with some more information and, and more in-depth information, I can have better conversations. Oh. See, this is one of the reasons why I love having you as a friend. You're just perfect. Um, <laughs> it's funny. To, it's funny that you mentioned that, though, because actually, this one of my inspirations for after after like the after uh, the end of 2016, I I went to, and I because I, I believe yeah, I think Sterling was still working there. That actually, yeah. by the way, Sterling, by the way, bought me my copy of Middle March. Uh, oh, did he? Yeah. Sterling Ivy, what a what a gift! If you're listening and new to the podcast, Sterling was a bookshelf staffer for how long? A year? Yeah. Two. Um, while he lived in Thomasville, I think post his grad degree, something like that. I can't remember, but he was fantastic and delightful, and very much very in tune to the history politics. He's probably been the most, the best at hand selling history politics books. We miss him for that. Oh, really? And that's the thing, too. It's so funny. Several of my, um, at the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, I went to him and got several, um, like, nonfiction, like, uh, just about that. And that was something that I was uh, gathering from him. Mm-hmm. And and so, and I think that I kind of want to go back in, I think, like, like, what you were saying, like, I think that now, especially with what's going on, it's yeah. you know, kind of re-inspiring people to kind of, I don't know, just be more, just, like, be more knowledgeable about, about, what's going on like how like like why this hasn't why things haven't happened before why things have happened or continue yes. to happen on- I was about to, yeah why history is repeating itself over and over again yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly like and i think we get that like i want to be the kind of person who keeps up with news and who follows things and so i'm i'm not negating or disparaging uh, podcasts or reading the news on your phone or even getting the weekly newspaper. Like that's something I would love to do, but books will enable you. I think like reading an entire book about hate groups on the internet, again, not fun reading by any means, but getting kind of a deeper look into this thing that I only knew about maybe on a surface level. I just, I'm really grateful for that perspective. And I think that's something um, that journalists and researchers are able to do really well. And so I, I want to read more of their work this year. Well, yeah. And I also just like a very little quick aside, I think that I think a lot about how, you know, whenever you go to like an author event, right, the authors are always, they're always saying something kind of important. And if you haven't read the book, you'll still be able to get and appreciate a lot of what they're saying, because they're wanting you to sell the, to, to sell the book. But if you read the book too, you have such a deeper knowledge and understanding. Yes. Yes. And it goes back again, if we're, I think the biggest change many of us can make, yes, it's happening on the internet, but I think where it's mostly happening is in our dinner table conversations, in our text exchanges, in our real life in-person relationships. And I think that's especially hard right now because of COVID and because of quarantine. But in my conversations, I want to be able to be knowledgeable, to be willing to say, you know, I don't know about that. Let me think about that and get back to you instead of living in this reactive space. Um, 
and I, I would love to do, be doing enough reading and air quotes research so that in my conversations, I can be contributing valuable, I can be making valuable contributions. And I don't know, I think reading for me is a big part of that. Yeah, I think, um, so actually, so this is, this is kind of along a similar line about at least thinking about being, in, being in conversation with, I, I guess that's part of like what the last school kind of was too, is the kind of being in conversation with like mm-hmm. the queer space. And I think that one of my other reading intentions was to, I guess, just be aware of how, just really be aware of how everything that I'm reading, how they're kind of like what books in conversation, how, like how, how they're in conversation with each other and with yes. the world. Uh, because something that I really, I talked about this a lot last year, but I, something that I really want to be more just keenly aware of is like, is that books are, you know, they're, they're part of, when you don't talk about how they reflect part of the greater world and really like you, when you don't bring it into the real life situations, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. can be useless at times. Yes. I think we've talked about this on, I know you and I have talked about this. And then I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. Like that is something that I am so grateful for my little small Southern college liberal arts education for, because by being a part of this great books program, like it helped me realize books are not only in conversation with the people who are reading them, but they're also in conversation with the history they've lived and with other books. I mean, that's one of the great parts about reading and pairing books together and, and hand selling books is being able to have these books be in conversation with one another. And I think the more we're aware of that, the more well-rounded of a reading experience we'll have. Absolutely. My last reading resolution is, is super practical, which is we at the bookshelf have a monthly shelf subscription service. This is our store's book a month club. And what I think makes it pretty unique is that each of our bookshelf staffers uh, right now, that is me, Olivia, and Lucy. Stay tuned for an additional shelf subscription option coming in March. But right now, it is the three of us handpicking our favorite book of every month. So we pick our favorite new release hardback book and we pick them based on our personal reading tastes and preferences. So mine are often literary fiction, often female protagonists, uh, women authors, but not always. And Lucy's are more historical fiction, historical nonfiction, maybe even current nonfiction. And Olivia's are frequently mysteries, thrillers, etc. So here is the thing. Behind the scenes, not only are we picking them based on our personal preferences and tastes, we're also picking them based on release dates, based on book of the month club options, because so many people subscribe to multiple Mm -hmm. subscription services and we want to be cognizant of that also we just like to pick books that are different selfishly we just want our books to be really fun and different and uh, but it's really hard like just inside baseball that is hard to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is really hard to keep track of other subscription services books and then what happens when my favorite book of the month is also the it book of the month i think about vanishing half when it came out i wanted that to be my shelf subscription but it was also a book that was everywhere and so I, I picked it for my shelf subscription anyway. I just, it was, as we both know, like in my top two books of the year. So like I wanted it and I picked it, but also knowing that, okay, this also might be a Reese Witherspoon book or whatever. And so one of my very practical goals or intentions for 2021 is to really choose my shelf subscriptions well in advance. So I'm really trying hard to read in advance 
it felt like at times last year, and partly this was just because of publishing and COVID and limited access to advanced reader copies and galleys, it felt like some months it was like July and I hadn't picked my August book yet. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, and it felt, that felt a little frenzied to me. And so at the bookshelf, we have, we're trying to set a new rhythm of picking our books two months in advance. So I have already picked, obviously January, I've already picked and ordered all of our February books. I have picked my March book and I'm currently reading for our April book, for my April book. Oh, and yeah, like I'm trying, but I'm trying really hard. And again, it's hard to do because yeah. just because we turned a calendar page doesn't mean publishing is back to normal <laughs> and doesn't mean ARCs are like back to being printed in, at a normal rate. Um, so I'm having to think outside the box or look through my arcs and really kind of pick and choose and be, and be super picky about what books I'm reading. But I just think I would feel so much better if I was picking my books well in advance. So that is my goal is to really pick shelf subscriptions early. And I, our shelf subscription program is one of the things I'm so proud of at the bookshelf. I feel like we pick really quality books. Olivia and Lucy do a great job at that too. And so I want to continue that tradition, but also maybe setting myself stricter deadlines so that I'm reading well in advance and, and picking these books. Like I will know my summer selections before the summer even hits kind of thing. Oh, I swear. And then you're going to like drop so that there's like some mystery happening in March. And I don't know what it is because like, I, this is the first time hearing it guys. Like, so I'm like, I'm like, Ooh, like, what is it? Yes. Oh, it's going to, well, I think people are going to be really happy with it. I'll tell you off air. Okay. Good. See, I want everyone to like, cause there are people who sometimes they'll like, they'll message me and they'll be like, what do you know? And I'm like, I don't actually know anything. <laughs> yeah. We just decided this week, um, based on our subscription program has seriously grown. And so we had a conversation this week and I'm really excited. Um, and so there's going to be a fourth uh, staffer option coming in, coming in March. <laughs> and by the way, I will just say I'm picking my April book right now, but our March books we have already picked and they are excellent. Like I feel, like I said, I feel really grateful and and proud because we are, I think, picking really good books and not always, there will sometimes be overlap with book of the month club. It's just the nature of the beast because um, book of the month club also gets books super early. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. we do not. And so um, I feel like there's a book that was a January book of the month option that doesn't really publish for the rest of us until March. Yeah. I think. Um, and so like we, th that's just not how our club works. It, our club is a much smaller scale. And so we don't get early release dates like that or anything. So I think the service itself is just, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, if you are a subscriber, we work really hard to get uh, the right books out into the world and, and get books that we really believe in out into the world. And I'm really excited about our March books. Oh, I'm excited too. Um, I don't think I have any, like, I mean, listen, I will say one of my intentions for 2021 was to just be easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Mm -hmm. Go with the flow. Yes. Well, because, <laughs> because none of us knows what tomorrow holds. And I keep telling myself that has always been the case. <laughs> but, but 2020 really taught us <laughs> that we have no idea what's coming. It's true. Um, I, I think that's an admirable goal and an admirable intention for your reading life too. Like, again, if 2020 taught me anything, who 
no one could have told me that one of the joys of my reading life in 2020 would be to read Babysitter's Club yeah. or to reread Bloom Ability by Sharon Creech. Like I could not have anticipated that. That was not something I intended to do. I did not set a reading goal. Like that was not an intention in January 2020 to read more middle grade. <laughs> um, but it just so happened that that was what brought me comfort in 2020. And so to be open-minded I think easy breezy, beautiful cover girl is a great way to put it. Like to be more kind of open-handed is a good way to be open-handed with our reading life is important. I think. Absolutely. Well, thanks Hunter for um, talking that out with me. Uh, Thank you for always letting me talk with you. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelftville, and all the books we talk about on our episodes can be found at bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music in the transcript, but the theme music which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading The Charmed Wife by Olga Gresham. <gasps> I know. Can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> um, I'm reading Let's Get Back to the Party uh, by Zach Sully. I th- the name is it comes out in february so sorry anyone who's listening yes this is on my little book cart i cannot wait to hear what you think because i'm curious about this one for myself oh good if you liked what you heard on today's episode you can tell us by leaving a review on itunes or if you're so inclined support us on patreon where you can hear our staff's weekly new release tuesday conversations read full book reviews in our monthly shelf life newsletter follow along as hunter and i conquer a classic and receive free media mail shipping on all your online book orders just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch we are so grateful for you and we look forward to meeting back here next week <laughs>